Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. I'm always excited whenever I talk to anybody, but really excited to talk to our next guest. Again, had such an interesting story. And whenever there's growth and personal growth involved, that's my love language. And I can't wait to hear her story because we think that maybe one day we wake up and we suddenly just arrive. Oh, no, no, no. But the good news is you get there. So Lydia Knorr worked for more than two decades in the health and wellness industry as a registered dietitian with the greatest part of her career in media. Her personal growth through the sudden loss of her husband, her experience navigating cancer and a period of unhealthy coping mechanisms served as the impetus for adopting a holistic approach to well-being that focused on the health of her body, her mind, and her soul. The benefits she realized prompted her to create her signature program, I Want to Hear About This, called Discovering You, Why, you, which is your own uniqueness, where she delivers keynotes and workshops in the areas of personal growth, connection to self, and positive change. She helps people get to the heart of what truly matters to them and demonstrates how becoming more of themselves, not less, love that, is exactly what the world needs. Lydia believes that honoring yourself by nourishing every part of your well-being is the healthiest way to live and will lead you to a thriving and fulfilling existence. I can't wait. Welcome, Lydia. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That intro was so amazing. I kind of feel like we could just end it right here, Stephanie. (laughs) You covered a lot of of who I am, but I'm going to jump in and just say, you know, through, I'm a woman who, through her own lived experiences, has learned or did learn to turn inward, find peace in the present moment. And that was really the impetus for the big growth. And just get really clear on who I am, what I value, find meaning and purpose in my lifetime, all of which I've done and all of which has served 
the motivation for me to move forward in the work I do to inspire, empower, encourage other people to step into their own uniqueness so that they can live a life that's thriving and fulfilled and happy and healthy. So where you start and where you are, lots of corners to turn. Think perhaps the road was going to turn left, but then it, it went off the cliff. A couple of times? A couple of times, yeah. So I'm going to go back before all of these pivotal life moments to kind of tell you where, where my heart, my soul, where my mind was at. I'm a former registered dietitian of 25 years. So I was a health professional, had a beautiful life. I'm going to say, you know, a really blessed life, married, a wonderful, wonderful man, had three gorgeous daughters who are now young ladies. They're all in their 20s. We had this great life and feeling very, very blessed. But somewhere in my early 40s, I remember just feeling this sort of tug on the inside saying there's more to life, right? There's more beyond these four walls and this beautiful life we've created together. I know there's more I'm meant to be doing. And I was really fortunate that I had a husband who was open to, to receiving that kind of communication. And he'd just say, well, two things. He'd say, just do what makes you happy. That's simple. <laughs> okay, what does that look like? You know, figure it out, but also don't get stuck in you know, trying to work so hard on figuring out what that looks like, be present, just enjoy what's in front of you, you enjoy the moment. So those are his two kind of words of wisdom or, or, you know, pieces of wisdom for me. And I'd say, okay, okay, yeah, you know, I'll just sit with this. And then I'd quiet myself down and say, you know what, shut up, life is great. Just, just enjoy what you got. Anyway, fast forward, and he's climbing, you know, up the corporate ladder, he's in a busy job that's requiring a lot of travel. And over time, I'm seeing the fatigue really set in for him. And we had this checkpoint all the time in our marriage. We'd say, are you happy? Are you good? And I remember sitting with him specifically, it was early in the spring of 2013. And I said, are you okay? Because I, I'm not liking what I'm seeing in you. And he said, yeah, you know, it's a grind. I'm building stuff, but it's it's fine. You know, I'm really loving it. I'm like, okay, as long as you're good. I drop him at the airport one day, Stephanie, and he's on a five-day whirlwind trip to China. And I remember my heart being so heavy when he walked away thinking, there he goes on another trip he does not have the energy for. And I watched him walk away, and that's the last I ever saw him, because three days later, I received a phone call at three in the morning telling me that he had died in China. And imagine the devastation, yet at the same time, telling you what I just told you, it wasn't an utter and complete shock. There was something in his demeanor, in his spirit, in his energy that I saw something coming. And so it was really interesting having that sense of knowingness. And then in the early, early moments following that news, I remember just feeling this incredible connection to him. And I remember feeling more than anything else, more than my grief, my devastation, my shock, my worry about how this was all going to unfold in the years to come. What I felt more than anything in those early moments was love and gratitude for everything that we had created together. And in that, in those moments, I said to myself, wait a second, you're this girl who's been looking for that something more, who's wrestling with something, not, you know, something missing in her life. And yet now you're overcome, like your cup is, is overflowing. It's no longer half empty. You're seeing it as, as overflowing. And I knew something was at work in my life. There. I knew it was a message. This is one of those moments where I just went, okay, girl, pay attention. And so what happened following all of that was I would spend a lot of time just paying attention, being present, being in the moment, trying to just receive what would come to me in terms of feelings and thoughts and, and journaling them, putting them down on the page. But more than anything, my therapy was in nature. And I remember spending a lot of time in nature being quiet with everything that I'd gone through. And this is like pre-cancer. Okay. So this is just in those early days after my husband has died. 
But I remember having this aha moment and it was a big epiphany for me, but it was such a small thing. And it was when I was really present and not thinking about what had happened before and not worrying about what was yet to unfold. I realized that I was completely content and peaceful. And that was my wake up call to this is what you were missing. This was your missing piece, the inner piece. And right away, I said to myself, okay, this is what I want to make my message moving forward. I've done the dietitian thing for 25 years. I've been on a stage speaking to people about healthy living, and I'm a big advocate for it. You know, I live a healthy lifestyle, but I want to speak to people now about turning inward and nurturing their inner well-being. And that became my reason for being my purpose, the work I was meant to do. So I started going out onto stages to rave reviews, a lot of good feedback, and then boom, I get cancer. And I'm like, okay. What is this all about? Are you thinking at this point, right? Um, you know, at, at, you know, like, okay, not funny. Like, come on, come on, big guy. Like, what what's happening here? Like, I came out of devastation, and you took, you know, what what can paralyze people as as such as a stepping stone, as such a foundation to be like, oh, this is, you know, you had the awareness, and then you're like, really. Come on. Yeah, two really neat things happened at that time. So I remember exactly to your point thinking, what is this all about? What's the bigger message in all of this? I also remember having a very clear moment, though, when I walked out of my surgeon's office after he sort of told me the way it was all going to go down. And I ended up having two surgeries in nine months, and they were pretty big surgeries. So, you know, it wasn't small stuff. And I just remember having this moment and saying to my to my husband's spirit, I'm not ready to be with you yet. I know that there's more I'm meant to be with. So even though I was still hurting and grieving from losing him, and you know, in some of those early months, believe me, like you just wanna you wanna check out sometimes because it hurts so bad. But I was already at this point of knowing that there's a lot more I want to be doing with my life. I'm not ready to be with you yet. So I gotta find the message in this mess and figure out what it is. And to me, the message in the mess was use your voice. Okay, you started, you've had a few opportunities to go out there and speak, but you need to go out there and just, you know, take the roof off and go out there and share your message. And, you know, the thing is, anything that I had to say was nothing that everybody doesn't already know, but most people don't want to own it or admit it to themselves. But they deserve to actually do the work on themselves first so that they can shine their light onto everything and everyone around them. We don't give ourselves permission to do that. And I don't know why we allow ourselves to be defined by somebody else's expectations, whether it's society or people in our lives or things we might have been told to value when we were younger or believe in that don't really align with who we are anymore. And we don't give ourselves that freedom to explore and step into the person we're meant to be. I love that you knew, even as, again, you have a, a very successful, but mostly you were satisfied. You you liked your role as, as the dietitian and, and also in sharing uh, the wellness message. But I love the fact that you knew destined for more. This isn't it. And, you know, you've been this career, then I was this, and now I'm this. And that's what life is the buffet. It's not sit down and here's your salmon. It's have a little bit of everything and try it all and try it all. Who says we can't? Exactly. And I think the really cool part for me, I saw right away what all the connect, I was able to connect so many dots in my life. And this is what I try and teach people that, and this, this is how I do very targeted type of work, work in workshops with people, because I think it's, if you can get really clear on what you value, 
at the place and time where you're at in your life now. I'll explain what I mean by that. We often hear people say, you know, what do you value? You know, what do you align with? And right away, particularly as women, and the reason I like working with women, Stephanie, is because I always take, I don't take those pivotal life moments, which were the impetus for my growth, but I go back to the person I was before all of this, that woman who was restless, searching for something more, because there are so many of us out there, right? We know there's more we're meant to be doing. And so I always say, you know, what do you value? And most of the time people will respond with, well, family, of course, you know, I'm a mom, I'm this, I'm that. We identify with these roles, but I'll say, okay, well, family is an institution. So what is it within that institution that you value? So then we'll get to the heart of it, you know, nurturing, safety, security, connection, love, all these things that, you know, being a mom and, and being a partner and, and creating that, that institution, what, you know, what they offer. And I'll say, yeah, that's beautiful that you, you value all of that. And so do I. I always will. I'll always love my kids and, and want to nurture them to a degree. But the priority that I place on that today is far different than it was 10 or 15 years ago when they were little kids. They're growing. They're spreading their wings. They're figuring out who they are and what they value. And so it's my turn to do it for myself as well. And so it's really, it's a bit of an eye opener for people when you say, just like life ebbs and flows and shifts, so will your values. Some of those core things, for example, health. I said I was a dietitian for 25 years. I walked the talk. I ate well. I was active always. Even through my darkest days, I still got up and went for a run the next day always. But my definition around health and how I value health now is is really expanded to include emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. So that's part of my health value now, as opposed to just the physical piece. So, and that is working through, through these life moments, through the way my life has flowed and ebbed and what I have learned through my journey. So this is what I try and explain to people, figure out where you are at this point in time in your life. What do you value? And we have a whole way that we, we get to that. And then let's find ways to integrate that into your life, because what that does is it allows you to live in a way that feels really authentic. And that's what discovering it's living in a way that is authentic to you. So the people that work with you in your workshops or in your coaching sessions, I would first, I'd like to are they all different ages, because I think that again, as women, and I'll only speak for those that I, that I know, and I know it happened for me, like when you get in, for me, it was definitely in my forties where, you know, you're almost, and I wasn't at a finish line, you know, I with kids, but I was getting there. And then you start reassessing and maybe you do it every decade or what have you when, you know, as, as you have younger kids, it is all about them. That's almost like, I almost want to grab those women to be like, don't get on that ride, come on this line instead. Believe me, you'll appreciate what, what we have to say because we've done it there are better ways and don't wait till you're in your forties or, you know, they're whatever it is. Like, you know, when you make yourself the priority, it is not selfish for self care. It's the most important thing you can do for yourself. And more importantly, it's the most important thing you can teach those around you. Yeah. Yes, 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 to all of us. I agree. And I would love to be able to grab women. And I think I'm in such a wonderful position to have learned these lessons for myself and to have three daughters on whom I can do these lessons. Because now they're seeing a mom 
who is really stepping into who she is and living life on her terms. And what a great opportunity for them. And that's how I encourage them to be. So this is what I, and I'm, I'm so all over spreading your wings, doing your thing. What I can see in my kids already, and it probably is partially genetic, but probably very much a reflection on the journey that they've been witness to or been a part of, is that they're super self-aware, really grounded, know who they are, also recognizing that they're all still very young and have a lot of life left to live and a lot of learning to do. But the one thing I always drive home with them is there are no mistakes. Everything you do in life is meant to do something and to help you grow more into who you're going to end up being. And you never just land there and go, I'm here, I've arrived. It's it's a lifelong journey of <laughs> yeah, and that's the beauty. I think sometimes we at certain points in our lives we say, when am I going to get there? You know, but then you and you I know I can see this on your face without even asking you the question, but I know you and I are on the same page when it when it comes to you get to a part in your life where you just go, the journey's really enjoyable. Like I'm loving what I'm uncovering every single day that I put myself out there and try something new and learn something from the experiences that I've been exposed to. It's a beautiful thing. There's nothing to, you know, to um, hear or to, um, it's all positive really is what it is. So, yeah. So that's so, again, I do have, as the mother of two daughters, and, and then I have the prince as well, but to navigate, especially in this day and age, and which I always sound so much older by at well, but just for them to navigate And I look at, I try to always equate to, you know, where was I at their age? And I was just like, ooh, you know, at any age, even my son's age, I was married. I was already a mother and he just turned 25. And and it's so hard for me sometimes where I have to be like, okay, wait a minute. That was just a reaction because I was never a party of one. Like we got married young, we had a family young and we were, we were together. It was just, we were never, I was never just one. Whereas my kids get to enjoy that part, love seeing that in them, but it is also, and and they've been obviously witness to, to my journey, especially where they know how important it is to do for you. Like they knew that when I started, you know, when I had group night, sorry, I'm missing your school event, but it's group. Sorry, that's my priority. And, you know, yeah, I'm going to see my girlfriends this weekend or whatever it was. It's important because I come back a thousand percent better. Yes. And I could ask you the same question that you've just posed to me too. How do you honor yourself? Put yourself First, and I, you know, we used to have this joke in our family. And again, I was lucky to be in a marriage where I had someone who was open. He, you know, he coined it in a very simple way, but he would just say, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So let's make sure mama's happy. <laughs> Whatever you need to do. And that's why the whole thing was just do what makes you happy. It's such a simple thing, but figure out what that looks like and do what makes you happy. And honestly, like, you know, this is, you'll, you'll chuckle at this and most people might be maybe not find it funny. I do. I'd like to see the humor and things and the positive and the bright light. But, you know, at his funeral, I spoke, I got up and I spoke for him. And I remember hearing his voice in my head saying, well, aren't you in your element right now? Like finding the humor. Cause he knew I loved, and it, you know, it wasn't about ego at all. That was about honoring a fantastic person. And to me, it was, it was the greatest way that I could do honor him by getting up and speaking about him and, and just capturing his essence you know, in those moments. But I remember hearing that and it was like, just do what makes you happy. And he knew that, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like for you, 
figure it out and bring more of it into your life. And so, yeah, it's a challenge. There are so many hurdles. One is giving yourself permission. And then give yourself permission, how do I fit that into my already busy life as a parent? And you're right, those younger, you know, 40s and below, their lives are very active and they are very centered around the kids. But, you know, like I did, physical fitness was always important to me. So I would get up and go for that 6 a.m. sunrise run with, you know, your grin because I was doing something that was really good for me and would set me up for a good day. And then I had the energy and the capacity and, and, you know, I'm in a mental space to be on for my family. Right. And that's, uh, yeah, because we all have the same 24 hours. And I say that because I started when I finally went back to the gym, I could only go in the morning, never being such an early bird, because I always, you know, had to be at work at a certain time. But knowing that that was my only time, then yeah, oh, let's go at 430 in the morning, because that sounded like a good idea. It was a struggle in the beginning. It really, truly was. But after that first week, when you really do feel good, and then you alter what time you go to bed, and it's that's the time that worked for me. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, you go so early. I could never do that. Maybe, maybe you could, maybe you couldn't, you know. You could try it, or maybe the nighttime is better for you. It's not better for me. You know, everybody is different and has the different schedules, but it does start with, let me try it. It may or may not work. And I think, I think the more you get used to prioritizing what your needs are and you start integrating that into your life and making that a non-negotiable in your home, number one, people respect that. I'm going to give you another example. So one thing we used to do in our family a lot when my husband was still alive was we make time for each other, like just our quiet one-on-one time. And that's when the kids were little. So it didn't always mean getting a babysitter. It might've meant shutting off the doors to the dining room, having, you know, feeding them first, putting a movie on or something for them, sitting down quietly to an hour together and letting the kids know that unless you're on fire, this is our time right now. So let us be. And what that showed them was that we valued our time and our communication. And that has since transferred into what I have with my girls now. And I will say communication is a huge part of what works in our family. And communication isn't always just talking about the fun stuff, the good stuff. It's about what's working, what's not working. Sometimes one person is on the receiving end of the communication because they need a talking to, which happened a lot in my family, you know, while I was ebbing and flowing through some of those, you know, not so light times, you know, in the journey. And it's, it's all good though. It's about respect. And I think as long as you know that it's coming from a place of love, then being able to have that conversation in your family is really valuable. And that's what's transferred now into my girls as they're young adults in their own relationships and also among us. You know, I'm very open to whatever they want to do in their lives. They don't run it by me to get my permission. They just say, this is what I'm up to. And, and whether I agree or not, you know, there's the parenting, Stephanie. If uh, my kids rely on me for every decision they ever make, then I haven't done my job as a parent. 18 years, eight, I say 18 summers. And, you know, if they do go away, fantastic. And hopefully they have a good memory. They're going to learn. Either way, they're going to learn. So, yeah. And after that, I think I'm, you know, I'm here on the sidelines, uh, always here for you. But you don't really need to hear 
my opinion on it, because again, remember, I come from a very different place and I, you know, and, and a few times I had to catch myself, you know, and my son was telling me how he was going to either change his jobs and this and that. And I was just like, I went into total reactive. Okay. You got to make sure you're budgeting. You got to make sure da, 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 da. And I felt so bad after I peppered him that I called him back like 10 minutes later. And that's when I said, forget everything I said. Because when I was your age, I had to worry about those things because, you know, we were married, we had a kid and we would never take that kind of a risk or what have you. I'm like, you have you, you know what you have to do. You know what will happen if it doesn't happen. So I know you'll make it work and never listen to a bird I say. Is what I, say. <laughs> I, I love that. And I'm, I'm so all over the floor with you. You know, you and I, we, I'm so all over that same page too. You know, it's their life to live. And I will always be here to question people, but I'm not going to make it happen for you. You know, you've got, you're going to learn from your mistakes. And again, they've watched through our own journey together. They've watched me, you know, like rise up, you know, one step up and one step forward and three steps back. And they've watched all of that happen and they've seen the joy that's come out of it all. Right. And when you, you know, I love that, you know, we talked about your podcast, Joy Found Here. I think when you can find the joy, you do find the joy when you find the lesson in it and you see the personal growth that happens for yourself. There's a lot of joy in that. And when you can live from that place, then you know everything you're doing is good and it wasn't all for naught. And keep going, keep moving forward and make those mistakes and make decisions that you don't really know what the right right answer is or right course of action is, but you're going to learn something from it. You're going to grow from that experience and you're going to find your joy. Yeah. One of our daughters is getting married in September. We're very excited. But at the same time, this is our first wedding. This is our first everything. And, you know, she's doing all the planning and I'm trying to, and, and I keep saying, I've never done this before. This is new for all of us here. So, you know, let's have a little grace with each other because, you can get so caught up, but uh, I make no secret. I'm like, I'm no expert in anything, but let's but what it sounds out. like that you're saying to me, and it's the exact same thing I've experienced. And I voice this to my children as well, that I'm learning so much from them because they are a very different generation. As you just said, my kids aren't, I, I say to my kids, when I was your age, I was married. I had a house. They're not in any hurry. Life is hard. It's not going to get any easier. So I think they've got this idea, this mindset to to live those experiences now because it's not going to be harder later. Life is going to be hard. They have a whole lifetime ahead of them to work, you know, to have that mortgage. If that's how their life unfolds. And I have no issue with that. You know, I come from parents who were very much of a fixed mindset. This is how you do it, right? You go to school, you go to university, you get a job, you get married, you buy a house. You buy the one house, you live in the house forever, you sell, you know, you pay the house. And, and that's what we wanted, let's face it. And maybe, you know, and my point about discovering you is that was somebody else's idea. And yet we absolutely and have fit into that box, into those parameters and said, yeah, that's what I want too. I love the fact that my kids are, are free birds and just say, that's not what I want. And if, if I have one that wants the same path I took, but two that don't, no one is better than the other. And I respect the fact that you're doing life on your terms. So it's all good. So tell me more about your own uniqueness. I mean, we touch on it a little. Give me um, some general parameters here. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, having gone through this, this moment, this epiphany of finding my inner peace and recognizing that that was the missing piece, all of a sudden, everything was really clear to me, what I needed to be doing, what my purpose was 
what my message needed to be, you know, speaking out on a stage, who I wanted to attract, who I thought, you know, really could benefit from hearing what I had to say. I'm like, what do I call this? It's like, well, it's, it, it literally, as, as you said earlier about your podcast and how the name just came to you, it just, it all, you've just discovered who you are, Lydia. This is all about discovering you. And I'm like, oh, that's huge. Everybody needs to discover you, you know? That is. And again, so easy, but not easy. So easy. But not, we choose not to make it easy. Right. And I think I learn more. And again, we talk about learning every day something new. I'm learning more and more that the most valuable things in life are the simplest. The most obvious answer is the easiest, simplest, least conflicting answer out there. And yet we make things complicated sometimes. But, you know, so I really, really, I just think that whole idea of stepping into yourself, because let's face it, the only relationship you can never, ever walk away from, Stephanie, is the one you have with yourself. So why not nurture that one the most and make sure that it is solid and, and strong, you know, so that everything else in your life, I wouldn't say just, just like washes off you. It doesn't mean that you aren't still ruffled, but when you know who you are, I think the key, the, the real premise behind this is what, when you know who you are and you feel really grounded in your self-awareness, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to be able to, to navigate so many of life's journeys and things that are thrown at you in a way that just makes sense. And it doesn't, it doesn't throw you off the rails. I mean, I did, I did get thrown off the rails for a while, you know, you know, I mean, so we learn, you know, we just say, okay, but does this make sense? Does it, the other thing that I really tell people, you can't tell people, they got to feel this. It's a feel thing. But if you really are in touch with who you are, or if you, everybody's in touch with who they are. They don't always want to own it. Sometimes they're scared of it, but it's an energy thing. You know, I talk about that instinct, that gut feeling, whatever it is you feel inside of you. Sometimes it'll be a, a total yes, then run with it. If it's a no and you can't define what that no is or why, it doesn't matter. What I have learned in this lifetime is it doesn't matter. If something doesn't feel right to you, you don't have to be able to articulate why. You just know that it doesn't feel right. Honor that and then walk away. Choose another direction. So it's really trusting yourself, listening. It's hard for people to say no, though. Absolutely. And there are so many reasons why we don't. And like I said, so that's all part of the journey. You try something. It may not not be serving you. I've done things in my life since my husband died, since I had cancer, you know, that have been in the professional world, in my personal life. I've made decisions that I knew weren't serving my best interests. And I really weren't because the moment I stepped into those situations, there was something in my, my gut that said, this isn't right for you. I stayed in them anyway, but guess what happened? When I finally walked away, I learned something. I'd grown, and now I know that it really is important to honor those feelings more, right? Because we often push them down. We push them down and say they're not important. I don't matter, or I'll get to it when, you know, or, you know, just for a time, you know, and then sometimes you don't have that time. Really be, well, A, yes, it's, yeah, life is life is short and certainly not guaranteed and and something that and i think as when you have experienced I'll, you know any loss you get it i'll say more than someone who perhaps hasn't i learned at a very young age my, i was 24 when my mother died and i was pregnant with my daughter and i knew like right then i'm like oof let's let's i looked at it very differently from then on because i'm like not forever we don't, not forever. So what are we going to do with this time? But you also, uh, 
it sounds like, and, and clearly you've had, I mean, your connection with your husband that you still call on him and you're still, I love, I love that, but you are very, very rooted to your, you hear it, you know it, you feel it as, and some people do and some people don't. Again, we do have it in different ways. I'll always be like, well, that's a red flag. Like, ooh, you know, danger, danger, don't proceed. And it could also be something as, and I forget, and I have to look up who, I think it might've been Byron Katie, who, who says, you know, if it's not an easy yes, it's a hard no. If it doesn't just make sense absolutely positively, or you'll be like, well, uh, let me see. And then there's a whole resentment and things that go with, why did I even say yes to this? I'm like, why, why go in half-assed on anything? It's, you know, you don't want me because I'm not even going to, I don't even want to do this. So what am I really bringing? Yeah. And the reality is it's unfair to the people who bring you in, whether that's in a personal or professional situation, it's unfair. You're not giving them the best of you, right? So it's a lose-lose. It's, it's not a win-win for anybody. And I guess the thing I'd love to say, you know, regardless of, of the life circumstances, you know, you lost your mom and you had this aha, like life short and, you know, live life purposefully. And that's what I mean. That's the really the big takeaway here. Live life purposefully. Regardless of whether you go through circumstance or whether it's just, as you say, the timeline of life, your kids leave the nest, you know, you've spent your entire life, let's just say, as a mom, focusing on them. And it's like, now what? What's my now what? You really have a, a loss of identity because you've identified so much with that institution. So really, we are all searching for purpose in this lifetime, meaning, you know, what is our life? What is our real reason for being? And that's the whole the whole premise behind aligning with the things that you value and some of the other workshops I do that are around writing and journaling and getting, uh, you know, weaving the threads from the time you were young until this point in your life so you can see what that window is. It's pretty obvious. It's not complicated. You know, we complicate things because of all of the outside things and all of the things that we think we're supposed to be versus just getting quiet and turning inward and honoring no, we're meant to be. And with journaling, because I'm a big journaler, and do you find, I I mean, I know I do, when it's literally pen to paper. I mean, it just flows versus I will not write. I'll do some show notes or something on the computer, but everything else I write out. And, and I journal every day by just writing it and it just does it make I don't know if it makes more sense for me but it's like sometimes again things just become so clear as you're writing without overthinking without going back and oh that didn't make sense and I'm not distracted let's say with a laptop that has you know two red lines under something I might have you know typed wrong or misspelled I just write away and journaling is an interesting path to go back like, well, how did I get this layer of the onion? Oh, you know, it's those they people again. Oh, that's what they told me or that's the story I bought into. Right on. And you know what, and that, be, that gets uncovered very quickly when you're writing just pen to paper. I completely agree with you. I have a couple ways that I do writing. One is morning pages where I'll just wake up and start writing. And it can be as random as what I have to do Random is what I have to do today, or just a place, you know, or a dream I had that I want to get down on the page, or a song that I woke up with in my head, and why am I thinking about that? And then it'll just flow from there. And the writing from where you start your morning pages to where you end them is like the topics are so like 180 apart. 
it's just a free flow. It's a free flow for your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions. And a lot of times, if I go back to my journals, and I have tons of journals. I mean, I'm afraid to go through them because they're so. You and me, you, you and me, you and me. It's and it's interesting. I'll flip through some, and and it's like, oh wow, that's right. Or common thread. I'm like, still, really? Okay, enough of this already. Let's, you know, this is something we need to really work on. But well, it's therapy. It's cathartic. It's many, many things, right? And I think it's an ex- it's an excellent tool, and it's for your eyes only. That's what I tell people about journaling. For your eyes only. So let this be your, your confidant. Let this be that person that's that's not going to give you any objective or subjective feedback. It's just someone that's going to be there to receive whatever it is you want to say, feel, do, and put it on the page. It's such a beautiful exercise. And then another type of writing that I love to encourage people is to do memoir writing. Because what I have found through my own experience, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I was a contributing author in a book last winter fantastic book. And the whole exercise of journaling and doing memoir writing really helped me put my thoughts together in a very concise way for this book. And what it allowed me to see was that, you know, as a young girl, the things that really lit me up, and and this is what this memoir writing did, it it took very specific times in your life and asked you targeted questions. And I saw through that type of writing, you know, and takes you right through to, to this point in time today. I saw through that type of writing that, wow, I, can, I remember now as a little girl, I love to sing. I love being in my parents' basement using my voice. Oh, so it kind of made sense then when I had those few moments in my career as a dietitian where I got to be on a stage. I'm like, ooh, that lit me up. And then, of course, it's going through that pivotal, all those pivotal life moments. And what's the message in the mess? Well, you need to use your voice. So that thread was there all along, but I didn't realize until I started doing the memoir writing that it's about using my voice. So it's, you know, it's so beneficial on so many levels. What's, what's the name of the book again? It's called Ignite Your Inner Spirit. Ignite Your Inner Spirit. It was uh, published last December 2020, went bestseller on Amazon. It's a compilation book. So there are a number of authors in this book. I'm one of them. And I'm telling you, my story is inspiring. It's, but there are so many inspiring stories. And the premise behind the book is really people whose life's journeys have taken them down a hard path, you know, had some hard knocks and who turned to something bigger than themselves, yet inherently within them, which was their own inner spirit, and found their way. It transformed their lives, and it revealed a lot about who they are and how they wanted to live their lives moving forward. Which sounds like it could be anybody, quite honestly. 100%. I mean, we all have a story, if not a couple dozen, if not... And definitely, that's how I start my chapter. Everybody has a story. I have mine, and you have yours. And it is, it really is stepping into more of yourself and discovering who you are. That's the whole premise behind my story and the work that I do. And I just, you know, for me, when people ask why I want to do this work, why I do what I do, I think the more people that we can encourage to live a life that feels authentic to them, they're going to be happier, healthier people. And if we can set this world on a trajectory to having happier, healthier people in this life, why wouldn't I be doing this work? Imagine. Imagine. I mean, it it means, and it does, it all starts with you, 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 a pun definitely intended along with our message here, but it is such a simple, again, selfless act. And it can be five minutes in the morning of writing daily pages of just data dumping, you know, what's on your mind in a totally uninterrupted format. And again, this is for your eyes only the amount of space that it frees up 
And then I'm a big believer in that gives me more room to receive where's the lesson. And you're so right that it, you know, life happens uh, for us, not at us. It's, it's, it's happening always for a reason. And I'm a big, again, middle of a shit storm. I'll be like, okay, I know there's a lesson in this somewhere. What am I supposed to? And even, you know, when bad things perceivably bad things happen. Years ago, I fell and broke my ankle and have a very nice plate and 14 screws. And I was non-weight bearing for, it was a year and a half journey, but it was, and I still say to this day, the best thing that ever happened to me. It brought me to, literally brought me to my knees, but I needed it at the time. And I knew it right away. Uh, like, just like, this is why I get it now. And all of the great things that have happened since then would not have if I never fell. Whenever I tell people, I'm like, it's the best, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. And they're like, what? I said, listen, I'm very fortunate. I'm walking, but I needed this to happen. I'm so with you. And I can take a look at each of the big things in my life, you know, that might perceive as the dark moments of my life and see what the greatest gifts were those. You know, I look at my husband's passing as my spiritual awakening, for sure. Hands down, no problem. I look at my journey with cancer because it was all in the throat area as a calling card to use your voice, to keep using your voice. I look at my journey with you know, unhealthy coping for years and years as an opportunity for me to say, what do you value more? And to allow those things that I value most, which were my health and well-being, to outweigh something that didn't serve that value. So there's there's a learning in all of it. Oh my goodness. I could keep talking to you forever. And if only we lived in the same country. <laughs> not, 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 not that far. <laughs> soon, soon, I know. And the magic of technology. I thank you, thank you, thank you, number one, for taking the time this morning. All right. So where are we going to find you on social? You're going to find me on my, well, on my website, you can have access to me, my workshops, what I'm all about, and my social media handles are all there as well. So go to LydiaNor.com and there we will connect. And please sign up for my newsletter as well. You can opt into my newsletter, which would be great. The newsletter, which I have, yep, I've signed up. And then we're also going to link the book. We'll do the Amazon link in the show notes as well. You can also order the book from my website as well, Stephanie. And if you do, I will sign a copy. I will sign a copy personally and send it to you. So that sounds lovely. I want to thank you again for your time. I want to thank everybody who's listened today. I so appreciate all of the support. I know you're going to love this one as much as I did. Comments, we want to hear more. I want you to go to our website, joyfoundhere.com. Let us know what you think. And then also listen to us anywhere that you listen to your podcast on Apple, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google, iHeart, etc. Oh, please subscribe, rate and review. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your time. I know it's very valuable. Lydia, thank you and have a blessed day. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Wonderful chatting today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. 
Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.